I have no problem burning perverted books. Freedom of speech is not freedom of pornography. When the founding fathers did freedom of speech, they had no idea that it would include all of this garbage and perversion and illicit sex. It's common knowledge. That doesn't include that, but we become so stupid as a nation and so woke and so worried about people's opinions. I'm so worried about God's opinion. I'm sure God's not saying, you know what? Don't burn those books. At least donate them to the library. No, he's not. Burn that stuff. The book of Acts, they burnt all those books of magic and witchcraft and It was a very positive thing. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear part one of this fiery message from Pastor Shane titled, The Unholy Trinity 666, Revelation 13. Matthew 6, 24 tells us that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and the world. Today, Pastor Shane sounds the alarm and is shaking both sleepy believers and unbelievers alike to wake up. There is a right side and a wrong side. The question is, will you spend eternity with God or an eternal torment without Him? Listen up right now. Choose this day whom you will serve. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. We're going to start talking about a topic that's been on the mind of many people, 666, the unholy trinity, the unholy trinity. And as I was going through, I realized we might not get exactly to this number until next Sunday. So I'm going to keep you in suspense. Uh, One thing I try not to do is rush through the message to get to a point, kind of letting God direct the message how far He wants me to go. Even last night, I got a whole sermon here we can hear sometime uh, from last night. But uh, it was so important uh, to worship Him. Now this topic is, is... challenging because um, and it's, it challenges our unity in the church among believers the whole end times uh, thought process on when it's going to happen how it's going to happen and it, it can get frustrating right because we have our opinion anybody has an opinion on end times and uh, you know and, and I do too as well uh, and I think God allows us opinions so we can practice scripture let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Be slow to anger. And I can, and Jesus prayed. He actually prayed. This breaks my heart sometimes. I pray that they would be united as we are. So I think we forget how important unity is because unity will jack up a service. Disunity will. It will really mess up a service. That's why I try to get all the disunity out before Sunday and Wednesday because you can feel it. There's something about it. And you'll notice, maybe some of you won't, but some of you will, the last... Probably the last eight months, I did podcasts with different views uh, on the end times. One view was pre, 
uh, post-tribulation, which means they believe you know, Christians will go through the tribulation. One view was with Sam Storms on amillennialism and his view on the end times. Very interesting. Um, and then a friend of mine who actually wrote a book, I think his PhD was on Revelation, wrote a book on Revelation. And he would be what you would consider the, the current view of many uh, dispensational, and I'll get into different terms if I need to, uh, pre-millennial um, that were, were, were raptured out of here before the tribulation. So I talked to him last month, and I'm not going to say his name or anything because he's well-known, uh, pretty well-known. And he said, Shane, I can't do the podcast. I'm changing my view. And I'm like, whoa, what's making you change your view? And he goes, well, in my book on Revelation, I wrote that the white horse that we talked about is the Antichrist. He goes, I, can't, there, I, can't, I have no support for that. And now I've got to retract a lot of these things. And he goes, I, I think we could possibly go through the tribulation. Um, and here's why. And he began to break it down. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess we can't. I need to find someone else then who, who can do, who can do the, uh, the podcast. And I just, it just, I just realized that there's different views in this. And you need to know that the Scripture is not crystal clear. You can say Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. We've got to agree on that. There's no other option. Uh, the virgin birth, the inerrancy of Scripture, so many things. But when it comes to when we're out of here, and is it a literal millennial reign? And it's, is the church in Israel, are they, because there's something out there called replacement theology, where actually now the, the church has been grafted in and God doesn't, no longer has a plan with, for Israel anymore. Now, again, for me, I, I, when I read Scripture, I just come away with, well, it sounds like he's still got quite a few plans. It sounds like there's some promises that still need to happen. And so, um, but I've got friends that, and people that go here that don't agree with that. And so we just learned to kind of, you know, uh, um, disagree to disagree. You ever heard that phrase? And it's, it's hard because any of you type A, opinion A people out there, don't leave me hanging because I know who you are. I'm going to call you out right now if you don't get your hand up. <laughs> Let's try this again, right? Okay, maybe there's not first service. But and the, when I first planted the church, it was hard because you got your opinions and you, and you re- start to realize that, well, maybe God allows us some flexibility on the non-essentials. Hmm. Is that possible? And so even though I love when people say, man, Pastor Shane, I love, I agree with everything you say. And I'm like, well, try to find some things because it's not, that's not healthy. <laughs> you know, the, the Bible's our view of this. So anyway, um, and I, I don't know how many of you have heard past teachings on Revelation. I don't want to get into a lot of things um, because I've already talked about them. And I don't want to make this about points of contention or differences when the bottom line is he's coming again. Are we ready? I mean, that's what we need to be centered around. Um, and I guess maybe I will kind of throw some, some, just some situations out there that I've been in and why it kind of hurt, hurt me back then and why I try to learn from it. But um, I don't know how many of you remember when Chuck Smith was around that show to every man an answer or pastor's perspective. I don't remember exactly, but I listened every, every uh, Monday through Friday at three. I had it, you know, I was actually back then operating heavy equipment, so I had a radio in there with air conditioning and heating. I know it was cheating, but that's okay. I paid my price when I was younger, digging ditches. So every day, and I've, that's where I've got a lot of my, you know, um, my education has been from Chuck Smith, the Calvary Chapel movement, uh, of course, Chuck Swindoll, Charles Stanley, Alistair Begg, MacArthur, some of his stuff, uh, and, you know, James McDonald. Remember, he was on the air with uh, just, you know, 
powerful preaching. And, um, and so I remember, though, uh, it was Hank Hanegraaff. How many of you have heard of the Bible Answer Man? Well, he memorized the book of Revelation, and eventually he came out that he's no longer what this group is. He's all millennial. And I remember on that program for like weeks, they beat him up. Like, yeah, he's, I don't know what's going on with that guy. He's apostate. He's like, I'm like, what? wow, that's pretty strong language. Let me look into this a little bit more. I mean, we're talking, you know, 2006, seven. And I've realized, okay, I see where he's coming. I don't quite agree, you know, but he's got some great points. And men of God are divided. The early church for 1,800 years did not take the pre-rapture view. It, it's a it's Schofield Bible, Darby, I mean, but it is, you know, it, it's got some biblical, um, uh, solid biblical foundations as well, where people who think that. And again, I'm, I don't, I don't pr- propagate one way or the other, because I see good views on all of them. Uh, I see, understand the rapture view before the tribulation, I understand it, but then I've got other views, and I just can't come out here and say, hey, here's how it's going to happen. Here's how it's going to break down. I'm certain of that, because I hate telling people things that are not true. I don't know about you. So, and I remember they blasted him. It's like this, like they took him off the air, and I'm like, over that? But see, that's pride. When things start to, you know, um, you know, they, they come against people. And many of you don't know this. Some of you do. I haven't shared it a lot. But I caught a lot of heat for what I said about Alistair Begg from well-known names that I understand that why, why aren't you, you know, taking them off the radio? And this is, this is so sad what, what's happening. I'm like, wait, hold on. Let's just, let's just unpack this for a minute here. Uh, he believes in marriage. He doesn't think gay marriage is right. He, uh, he's a, he is appalled at everything that is going on, but he offered counsel to a grandma that she maybe should consider going to her uh, grandson's or granddaughter's wedding that is a gay marriage. I'm like, that's not the counsel I would give. You know, I don't, and, but you, do we throw people under the bus that quickly after 35 years of faithful ministry and he's got, follow me around for a week. I mean, you, you told them what they should get divorced? Pastor. I can't believe I can't come to your church anymore. Well, he's been addicted to pornography for 14 years and won't repent. And Jesus said, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so with he you can lust after a woman in your heart. You don't have to commit the act." And if he's unrepentant, is that biblical grounds? I believe in restoration. I hope for it. I contend, but sometimes we give counsel. Normally, I say, "Take it to the Lord." Now, I've learned my lesson. That's between you and the Lord. Take it to God. But just the, the vitriol of, of people that, you know, because you can't totally agree with their view. And so anyway, that's kind of the setup with this whole idea of 666, you know, because you know there's Christians during the tribulation, right? They're called the tribulation saints. There are believers here. And that's another thing that I really begin, um, 20 years ago they would say, you know, we're not appointed to God's wrath, and they would read the scripture and say, that's why we can't be here. Well, what about all these other people that are they're Christians? Why are they here? Well, they got in too late. Well, but then that verse doesn't apply if it, and also that verse about we're not appointed to God's wrath has to do with the final judgment, the final wrath of God. And I believe God can preserve his people if we are here. Do I hope we're here? No! No, absolutely not. It's possible. Jesus brings us up, gets us out of here before this all hell breaks loose. Please, God, please, please, please. But we can't think that we're so much better than all these other people, 
you know, that they have to remain there based on that verse. Now, there's other arguments. God needs a church out, here to, out of here to deal with Israel. Okay, I got, I, I, kind of, yeah, but can he deal with Israel even while we're here? Uh, and then other views, you know, it, they've always believed in the immediate return of Christ, right? The immediate return of Christ, that's what, 2,000 years ago, they've been waiting on that. And that, that's a good point, because if there's a tribulation seven-year period, we can kind of predict when Jesus is coming again. So, you know, nobody, nobody knows the day or the hour. But do we know the week? The month? Can we discern the times and say, hey, it's getting pretty close here? And so, see, there's, there's, you can poke holes in every argument. That's why I say, I, I'm a pan-trib. How's it going to all pan out? I don't know. I'm here to prepare the church. I'm hoping we're out of here. I'm praying we're out of here. Uh, are, but are you ready are you ready? Is a literal millennial reign of Christ? That would be cool. Sounds, sounds kind of like it, and we'll get to that when I get into the millennial reign. Um, but you just have to be careful on this issue because it can cause a, a reason of division in the church. I remember a lady who emailed me who no longer comes here now, and um, you know, she, she put that in there because you no longer believe and I'm like, wait, where did I never say that? I said, I'm open to different views. I don't know what's going to happen. I want to prepare the church either way. We're, and, but it's such a divisive issue. And I know I struggle with that. If you don't believe what I believe, if you're not voting for my guy, <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Right? We all have them. So that's why I think Scripture is clear that our opinions need to die. We need to honor others and put them first. And how else are you going to practice that if you don't agree? It's, it's, it's just clear, but it's hard. How's that? Clear but hard. So we're talking about the Antichrist. How many of you have heard that term? Everybody, of course. A couple things. The, the Bible doesn't say that one person is the Antichrist. We've, we put that label on, maybe rightly so. You know, the beast that arises from the sea, the beast that arises from the land, Satan, that great dragon. And so we put these terms on people, which isn't bad. We actually put the word Trinity on the Trinity. The Bible doesn't talk about the, the word Trinity. And that's why people say, oh, you, you guys believe in the Trinity. The Bible doesn't even talk about it. Well, yeah, it talks about it, just doesn't call it the Trinity. Did you know in the Bible it doesn't say the word Bible? Are we in trouble? No, sometimes we use words to define what we're thinking. So the Antichrist spirit has been here a long time. Did you know that? A couple things I just saw in the news on the Antichrist spirit. Family loses custody of teen for denying the child's new gender identity. Montana? A river runs through it, fly fishing? Montana, that Montana? The Snake River and the conservative as they get? That Montana? Family loses custody because they didn't identify what her teen wanted to become. Actually, that's parenting. And I don't know who she is, but there's this person running for office, and she had a, a, a flamethrower, and she's, she's flaming all these books, you know, the, the LGBTQ, the rainbow, and people are like, so irate, oh, it's back to book burning and you Christians and the Salem witch trial. I'm like, yeah, we, I have no problem burning perverted books. Freedom of speech is not freedom of pornography. Think about that. When the founding fathers did freedom of speech, they had no idea that it would include 
all of this garbage and perversion in illicit sex. It's common knowledge. That doesn't include that, but we become so stupid as a nation and so woke and so worried about people's opinions. I'm so worried about God's opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm sure God's not saying, you know what, don't burn those books. At least donate them to the library. No, he's not. You burn that stuff. The book of Acts, they burnt all those books of magic and witchcraft and spells. It was a very positive thing. So they're going to put a little clip, Pastor Shane is for book burning. <laughs> the right books. I even felt convicted. You know, when I, had, when I came back to the Lord, I had all these old CDs. Anybody relate? Back when maybe vinyl records for you. <laughs> or the infamous 8-track. Remember the 8-track? <laughs> Shove it in that thing. I still remember camping in the high Sierra mountains. My mom would just get that, hang, that, that John Denver 8-track. <laughs> Country road, take me home to a place I belong, West Virginia, mountain mama. Take me home, country road. But I was convicted. I was going to donate them. I'll never forget because they were giving like $2 a CD, and I had like 300 I mean, everything from, you know, all the, you, whoever back then. And I'm like, Lord, $600? Like, trash those things. Nobody should be listening. You shouldn't promote that to someone else. Like, and, I, and I threw away half, and I kept half, and I'm like, God, oh, dang, this is painful. And finally, you know, but there's, there's something about you don't pass on things that are destructive to others. And man was charged for ripping down the satanic monument in Iowa. God forbid. You can burn up our cities during COVID. And you can tear... Do you know that how many BLM protesters are, got paid by our government? What? You guys have lost your mind. So see, we, if you've ever not known what the verse means, woe be to those who call evil good and evil good, well, guess what? You have a front row seat on exactly what they were. So the Antichrist spirit is here. The Bible talks about anything that is against Christ. It is Antichrist. That's what the word means, against Christ. So we have the Antichrist spirit is here alive and well. And it is getting more sick and more perverted. And that kind of what, what, what alarms me is when I was growing up as a kid to now, it's like, it, what happened? Leave it to Beaver to, you know, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and dating shows, reality shows that are stench in the nostrils of God? How far have we drifted? And what's, what's also alarming is how many Christians now are watching what it normally would have been shocking if you would have shown this stuff 25 years, 30 years, they would have shocked Christians. Oh my goodness. But now we've been desensitized. Revelation 13. It took me 20 minutes to get here. <laughs> then I stood at the sand of the sea. Remember, John is exiled on this island known as Patmos. And he is there. Did you know most of your Bible is written from prison? Or a lot of it? Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. 
Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. The feet were like feet of, of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So we see the dragon giving this beast some authority. And as we're going to go, we're going to see another beast. And that's why I call it the unholy trinity. Kim, I don't know if we have that image that shows that a little bit. It might help people understand as we go through this book. The unholy trinity, look at that compared to the, the, the true trinity. The Father, Satan, the Son, the Antichrist, the Holy Spirit, the false prophet. So Satan has the unholy trinity. And what I did, we can go back to Revelation 13. I actually, this, this whole week, that day it rained, it was incredible. I, from 3 a.m. to 10 a.m., I just sat on the couch and worked on this message, worked on the article, and it was just, a lot of the things I'm going to share with you just were on my own heart. But then, of course, I looked at commentary, commentaries because you have to, you can't just, oh, you know, I've got this new truth. No, it's, if it's new, it's not true. And so you look at, at commentaries and other men who've studied Scripture who can speak Greek and Hebrew and see what they, how they dissect the word and the phrase and the sentence structure. But the first question that comes up often is, why all the symbolism? There's this figure rising out of the sea. And most agree that this, this person is rising out of a sea of humanity. Not necessarily the water like you're seeing some creature come out of the, the ocean. Oh, look at that in the Pacific Ocean. What is that? So the Bible will use, especially in Revelation, and what's interesting, if you ever get time, <laughs> look up how many times the Old Testament is mentioned in Revelation. It's hundreds. So John goes back, grabs from the Torah, or Septuagint was at that point. But he grabs from Old Testament imagery. Clouds, darkness. And a lot of times when we think, oh, the, the stars are going to fall, they're actually maybe not going to actually fall. If you look at the Old Testament, what that means with the, the God's judgment is coming in. Even it's, it's so cataclysmic that even the stars fall. The, red, the sun becomes black. The moon becomes red. And, and if you look at what that means in the Old Testament, you can see, oh, this is what this could mean. And so it is challenging because what's literal and what is figurative? What is metaphor? What's a simile? <laughs> and it used to, man, I used to pound my radio sometimes. When, remember Bill O'Reilly? He goes, you guys, you take the Bible literally. You know, and I'm like, oh, if I could just talk to this guy. And he would give examples. I'm like, oh, man. Yes, it's not supposed to be taken literally. And the, well, who determines it? You guys, well, the context, it's, not, it's actually not too hard to, to understand what is, I mean, did tears of, of, a river of tears flow out of Jeremiah's brain? Like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I'm sorry, there's water everywhere. The right hand of God. There, the, so the Bible will use image, imagery that we can understand to relate. And so that's the only way to express what's going on is John has this incredible vision and sees this, this leader, this person coming out out, out of the, the sea of humanity. And so it's the Satan, the Antichrist and the false prophet we will soon see. But Satan, it looks like, gives him unholy gifts. Isn't it interesting how the Holy Spirit works too compared to this unholy trinity? And seven heads may mean leadership and direction with the horns meaning strength and authority. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your time to shine. You born for something.
You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship.